The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Danny Cannell. I'm Chip Patterson. Coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and everywhere you get your podcasts on demand. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash that like. Come and join us in the chat. No likes, no locks. All right. Get the likes up so we can release these locks. Yes, it is Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. The very best time of the week all throughout college football season. We gather together, we share, and we compete our best bets for the week ahead. Lots to get to. I mean, we've got, uh, you know, bangers on bangers, best slate ever. But, like, to be sure, and this has been mentioned often, it is weeks like this where someone's going to get got. A lot of road favorites expected to win. I expect it will not be all chalk. But before we look ahead, time to look back. Let's review. Hold on, can I push back on that? Sure. Because that just gets said every time there's a week like this. <laughs> and I yes. think that that's just people started saying it, so everybody followed suit. I don't think this One. week is different than any other week. Last week, we had a bunch of upsets, too. It's just you were, weren't paying as much attention to them because there were more bigger games in your feed. This week, since there's no big games, I think everybody just kind of lowers their standards for what qualifies as crazy. But I'll remind you, last week, Miami was a nine-point underdog at home and beat Texas A&M. Texas was a seven-and-a-half-point underdog at Alabama. Four and a half. It was under a touchdown. That was not an upset. That was a four-and-a-half-point spread. Wasn't it nine? No. No, it was four-and-a-half. There were plenty of upsets every week. That's my only point. (laughs) There's a lot of three-touchdown top 25 favorites. That's what people want to see when they say upsets. I don't... I'm more with Chip. I I think that it is... It's the... um, 
you know, you expect everything's going to be chalk and you just don't have that much chalk. Like the probability is just not there with college football. And so you just don't want to be the last one. When musical chairs, when the music stops, somebody's going to get got. It's not going to be a whole wave of upsets. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm just right. saying it looks a little bit too as expected. What What would be the most uh, kind of wild got got? So like Texas losing or, to Wyoming. No, no, no. Washington. Washington going to East Lansing and losing to Michigan State, given everything that the Spartans have going on. Yeah, like Georgia, Texas losing South Wyoming Carolina. is an emergency episode. <laughs> I'm thinking more in that like you know, nine to twenty point underdog range. Oh, there are none of those, bud. <laughs> like every spread is either twenty one yeah, plus or under nine. Washington is sixteen. <laughs> what? Am I looking at the wrong odds boards? Washington, <laughs> right. well, Washington, Washington would be a good one. Yeah, Louisville, Indiana, and on Peacock too, because that means that everyone's scrambling to get lock-ins at like. Oh right, Peacock, not the Russian stream. To try and like <laughs> figure out like, what, oh no, is Washington going to lose? Is Michael Penix's Heisman campaign going to crash and burn against an interim coach? What sort of wizardry is Mark D'Antonio cooked up with this group? I did the math for the six pack this week. I think it was the average spread for the top 25 games, or at least the ones against FBS competition is 22.9 points per game. <laughs> I'm going to guess there's no major upsets this week. <laughs> hey, well, we'll, we'll I see think that. a top 25 team will get beat by an unranked team. Yeah. The yes. one, one of the like North Carolina an eight point favorite over Minnesota might lose. Like yes, it's going to be one of those games if it happens. Yeah. And they would, that would have been getting got. That's all I'm saying. And all maybe right. it's a lock. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find <laughs> out. Get your likes up. Let's review the week that was. For Bud, it was a five and five week. Remember, he was out there on Bud Island. No agreements, no fights. Uh, the wins were the Ole Miss, Ole Miss two-lane under, Temple Rutgers under, Purdue team total over, Florida State team total over, Georgia Southern minus seven. The losses, UTEP minus one, Cincinnati team total under 20 and a half, Coastal Carolina team total over 37 and a half, Auburn team total over 30 and a half, Virginia team total under 17. Tony Musket went out of the game and Virginia found themselves some offense in that one. Um, I don't want to comment on, on your board. I'll let you do that. Notes from the week. Kind of a weird week. Like usually you, you, you win one you shouldn't have and you, lo and you lose one that, that you probably should have won. Um, everyone that won, won and I think was absolutely correct side and everyone lost was just a bad bet. It, it was just sort of weird. Like U UTEP, UTEP played them close for like 35 minutes and then after he threw that pick, it looked like they quit to me. So um, you know, we'll we'll discuss that uh, whether I should be allowed to bet UTEP anymore. I, I did ask to be banned from betting UTEP on the show uh, last week if if this if this lost. Cincinnati came out and and scored uh, on on Pitt, so clearly wrong there. What I I don't know. Did I miss something pregame with with, with Coastal and Auburn? Maybe like the, to me, those are pretty proven offensive coordinators, but they just didn't get it done right. And then Virginia. Virginia was the most annoying, I guess, with the exception. Like, I did legitimately feel good for them, obviously, like that they were in the game considering the, the circumstance uh, of, of the home opener. But I mean, for them to hit like four kind of crazy scramble deep shots was uh, unexpected. And I'm not really sure if it's repeatable, but we'll see. We will see. Uh, 
two, five, and one for your boy right there. That is a win on Memphis minus 21 and a half, a win on, oh no, a push on the Illinois Kansas over 57. That thing ended up right at 57. Uh, a win on Notre Dame minus seven and a half at NC State. Loss on Tulane plus seven and a half. Loss on the under 51, Texas A&M Miami. Loss on the Utah minus seven and a half. And loss on the Maryland minus 24 and a half. I, the fact that Utah even had a chance, I would have felt dirty about. Um, uh, lock fight loss, should mention, uh, to Tom Fernelli on UCF. Three and that a half point favorite. Went after me. They lot, they went got what you deserved. They, they won by two, did not cover. You know, Tulane was there. I overall, I, I would say that I am changing my expectations for the Miami Hurricanes is probably my biggest takeaway there. The idea that I'm just going to blindly ride Mario Cristobal unders um, for the moment will not be something I will be taking into consideration, and that's where we're at. Danny, four and three on the week. You got in on Texas. <sighs> Texas plus seven and a half got in on Iowa minus three and a half Utah Baylor under 47 and a half Texas state plus 13 and a half. Those are some solid wins right there Uh, under Notre Dame and NC state uh, does not cash. Texas A&M does not cash Tulane. You were right there with me as well. Does not cash Uh, thoughts on the week. That was the Tulane game. I would bet again, every time. And and that was when we didn't really know what was going on. Michael Pratt probably thought he might've been able to go, but he didn't. I probably still might take it with the uh, backup in there. Um, And then the other one, the North Carolina, Notre Dame, NC state, Notre Dame game, just on the wrong side of that one. And the Miami. No, no, you you had the right side. You think so? Uh, Dude, NC State 19% success rate. Notre Dame had six three and outs. They couldn't complete any passes to receivers. They, they hit like four crazy long plays, which if they play again, extremely like not repeatable given their overall success rate. And then they had like, I think it was a defense for special team score. And then like another one, it was like a super short field that you, yeah. you had the, the right side there. I, I do think the rain delay messed with that game, by the way. Yeah. Because the first 20 minutes was like a, how many points were scored? Three? Not, I, yeah. Then they no, came I, out I think they you got the hot dogs during the break, and they came out. Maybe that's their new thing. That's their new pregame meal, hot dogs. If I'm betting that personally, like I, I'm after watching that, I would, I would bet more on that. Like I know it lost, but yeah. You would? Yes. Okay. 19% success rate for, for, for the oh, one team and the other. Success rate. No, listen, okay? You can't judge. <laughs> Maybe that's a problem, that's though. Great. Maybe that's why we don't bet it again. Yeah. 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 You can't judge the success rate of Robert and I needing to save his ass and create some confidence in his offense and score that touchdown late. Like, Notre Dame went totally soft, and NC State finally found some success at the end, and those points count towards the total, too. Is that right. repeatable? Garbage time touchdowns? Chip stuff and success rate into a locker. Come on. <laughs> All right. I, I, I think Chip's o- over push was a, was a, uh, or no, sorry, it didn't push. My bad. Never mind. Yeah. His Kansas, Illinois. That won, uh, right? No, it was a push. No, it was a push. It was a winner. Oh, it, it shows yeah. the, uh, a, a, a win on the, uh, on our, our sheet. Yeah, here. no, it was a, it was, it was a push. Uh, it was That's a, a bad win push. for those of you who yes. uh, watched the early edge. It was a win on Friday's early edge. It was a push here uh, on Thursday's locks show. Um, Tom Fernelli goes five and three cashes that Memphis minus 21 and a half cashes on Texas and cashes the Boise state plus three and a half lock fight win against me, Colorado minus two and a half. There's only one person do you believe? Who believed, and it was Tom Fernelli. Uh, Purdue, plus three. Why was Virginia Tech favored, he said, and he was right. 
the under 40 and a half in JMU Virginia does not cash Mississippi State team total over. Game goes to overtime, but can't quite get it home right there thanks to overtime over rules. And then he was also on the Texas A&M Miami uh, under 51, five and three for the week. Uh, thoughts on the week that was? Only play I wouldn't do again is the Mississippi State team total over because they just it's that team's not going to score 36 points a game. They just, oh, you don't you don't think throwing 15 passes and like four of them beyond the line of scrimmage is a, a, a recipe for? I mean, for I thought like going against that Arizona defense, I knew Arnett was going to be more conservative than Leach. But I thought going against an Arizona defense that had been pretty bad against the past, they might try to throw it against them a little more than they did. Yeah. But yeah. No. Can't rush right. into these things. Well, I guess you can rush into them. Dad jokes. All right. Uh, all right. Let's flush, <laughs> let's flush that. Let's, let's look ahead. Week three on deck. So I ask you, gentlemen, y'all ready to lock it up? Yes, sir. Since 2005, the under in games between service academies is 40 dash. Nine and one. We're picking locks. Give me an over in this one as well. A little two for one special. Don't get these locks. I was a sicko last week. Y'all were watching the good games. I was live betting the hell out of ULM, Kentucky. My blue plate special five star locks are coming. Five star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. As always, we want to get the early birds first, the games. Anyone got Thursday night action, either um, you want to go offshore for Miami Bethune-Cookman, feel free. Uh, Memphis Navy is the FBS on FBS game. Danny, you going to take Miami and lay the 51? <laughs> no, I think I'll pass Anybody got one. Thursday night action? I do. All right. Give me Memphis minus 14 against Navy. This line is actually, I don't know what's going on. It was at 15 and a half earlier this week. That's actually where I bet it at, like as soon as the line got posted. And it's been bet down to 14, but okay, nope. fine, whatever. Um, Tom, it's 13 and a half at most yeah. places now. All right, cool. I don't know what the hell's going on, but I'm sticking with it because I don't know what anybody sees in Navy. Like this is, I don't, I understand that part of what happened against Notre Dame was them running against into Notre Dame. But I don't think the problems that Navy have are just restricted to them playing top 10 teams. I just don't look at anybody on that defense and see a team that can like keep up with another power five offense, like with the skill position players <clears throat> that other teams have. And I look at this same matchup the same way. I don't know how Navy, how many stops they're going to get against Memphis. And I look at that offense, which is still kind of figuring things out as they're trying new stuff out. I don't see them being able to move the ball consistently enough to keep up with Memphis if this gets to like a track meet. And I think this could be a track meet. So, yeah, Memphis minus 13 and a half. You're not worried about Navy finding something versus Wagner when they open it up in the two-minute drill before halftime and Ty Lavatai started looking like Patrick Mahomes? See, that that's the thing. Like, they're playing Wagner last week, and I know there was that really long weather delay, but they only scored 24 points against Wagner. Like, come on. They scored like 50 against them last year. Or the year, couple years, Army did, I think. Anybody? All right, no, nothing else for Thursday. I, I've thought about Memphis pretty hard here because Wagner's like a legitimately bad FCS team. Mm -hmm. All right, all right, Tom. Let's come on our powers. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what makes this tough up. for me? Yeah. What makes this tough for me, guys? Honestly, is Arkansas State is so bad that I have a hard time feeling like just how good Memphis is. But then again, like Navy's offense looked like hot garbage two weeks in a row. So kind of like in poker, like you, you pay to see their car. I'll, I'll pay to see Navy play good offense. Well, let, let's see it. Give me Memphis. 
Um, all right, let's go to Friday's action. Then we've got Maryland and Virginia and UTSA and Army. Who's got to play? Go. Let's go. Army plus nine. Um, obviously, we've got the is it's not directly Frank Harris, but my sort of my combination is uh, if Frank Harris is going to be limited, if this offense still hasn't really found its legs. Also, you're coming off two dogfights against in-state opponents. Like in terms of a, a sandwich spot uh, coming off of that, I think that there's a real opportunity for this Army team to go in there and keep it close. Uh, I would like to, you know, this thing is either at nine or eight and a half. I think I can get it here at nine, correct? Mm, I can get you nine and a half because the past is the past, and I'm putting our block fight last week behind us. We're friends hey, again, so I there mean, you listen, go. I'll get you half a point. So we do forgiveness is what we're all about here on the Cover 3 podcast. And so I, I just think that, you know, Army with some of the offensive innovations that they haven't totally committed to, but they're at least trying out into, you know, modernizing things just a little bit. So even if you've been prepping for the traditional Army offense, there's some new wrinkles in there that, you know, what you're doing in fall camp, what UTSA's defense, which has been able to limit opponents' ability to score, you know, what UTSA's defense has been able to prepare for, there still might be one step ahead in the past the chalk uh, of this X's and O's matchup. You know, low total dog of more than a touchdown. Uh, so, yeah, limited quarterback, little bit of potential letdown spot. Uh, I like Army to be a little bit of a thorn in the side of the roadrunners here. Give me the nine and a half. Chip, play the music. All right. Oh, not that music. Oh, fight. Fight. No, fight. not that music either. Oh, he's got another pick. This is sick, right? It's time for sicko mode. Let's go. I'm a little bit lower on some of the teams in the bottom of the Sun Belt. If things go wrong, they could be like UMass UConn. That's kind of like sicko mode of a sicko mode. All right, so obviously we don't know if Frank Harris will play. We we saw the UTSA coach tweet out the picture of him at the charity event yesterday. He was still wearing uh, the boot. They have Tennessee on deck, which if you wanted to play him and have a shot at that upset, why are you playing him against Army? They're not going to make the uh, the old, like the BCS or, or the you know the automatic bid thing here since they already lost the game to Houston. Uh, but there there is some uncertainty, obviously, on that. We don't know uh, what's going on with Harris. We do know that their right tackle, who's a pretty good player, uh, is going to be out. And the uh, the backup last week was horrendous. So still got problems at receiver, reduced tempo. Go ahead and give me the under here. What's what's the best? 45, I can get you a bookmaker, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take a 45. That bookmaker takes a pretty good pop. So uh, give me the under here. I just Look, if Army's up, they're going to play super slow. Army's offense looked terrible against ULM. If UTSA is up, I think they just want to get the hell out of Dodge and we'll probably play pretty slow as well. So uh, just total rock fight here. Give me the under. Dig it. Um, also, Anything else for Friday? We've also got Virginia, Maryland, and Utah State Air Force. I I bet Maryland minus 13 and a half earlier in the week. It's at 14 and a half now, so I'm not going to lock it up, but it's, it's kind of an important number. But if you want to do it, I don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah. I agree that's an important number because mm-hmm. I'm taking under in this ballgame. Okay. Uh, I, I'm i going to make Virginia show me yet again that they can, they can play offense. And to be honest, I didn't really love Maryland's offense against Charlotte. They, they didn't look super in sync. So uh, I, I'm going to see short rest, 
going to bet that maybe neither side gets their offense fully figured out. Uh, what do I got? 48 and a half? 48. 48. 48 of this. Give me the under. So, Air Force got pulled down into the muck by the Bearcats. It's just what Sam Houston does, right? You know, they, they're, they're planes, you know, they were, they were left on the, on the runway, okay? They weren't able to get out. And you know what Air Force wants to do? Air Force wants to get out there and spread their wings a little bit, all right? They want to get out there and fly. You know who's there to help with that? The Utah State defense. We are going to go Air Force, and we are going to lay the nine and a half, right? Yep. We're still under mm-hmm. 10. I think this should probably be closer to 14, maybe two touchdowns. And, um, you know, we, we know that Utah State will probably get out there and be able to give us like 10 to 14 points. But when Air Force is able to turn it on and, and like really hit the gas, that offense does not um, that offense does not limit for lack for explosive plays. I think the Utah State defense gives up enough explosive plays that uh, the Air Force is able to cover this number. I notice you've bet the Army and you've bet the Air Force, but you're passing on Navy. <laughs> is there anything behind that? Or <laughs> yeah, there's sharks in the water. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get on a plane, but I won't get on a boat. <laughs> um, all right. Now, anything else from? And I I agree with you in general about the Maryland um, the Maryland game. Clearly, Maryland was holding back when they let Charlotte get out to a 14 to nothing lead. Last week, I'm a I'm a little light on that. Let me get in with Bud on that under. All right, I like Let's that go. too. <laughs> I don't think Virginia's going to put up many points, and I Maryland was that was kind of dicey versus Charlotte. So we'll yeah. see. Didn't didn't like it. You were like rooting for the back, the front door cover, right? Yeah. Where the favorite comes storming back and nearly gets over the hill at the very end. Right, we, Not we, a fun experience. We really need to pay attention to Washington, Michigan State this week to see if Peacock unders become a principal because that game was on Peacock. So Ooh. nobody was, Ooh. you know. <laughs> was that wasn't on Big NBC. Yeah, was it was. It? I don't know. It yeah, was on it was. Big NBC because I remember I got back to the hotel and was finishing up and I saw the last couple minutes. You were like flipping around between the few channels available on the like, yeah, because there was TV. no ESPN channels available. Thankfully, they're back now. Yeah, once that pack full after dark. Charlotte's kind of athletic. Like the the passing game is one of the worst. Like they're lucky Sam Houston State exists because otherwise, like that's definitely contention for like the worst non service academy passing game out there. But they they do got some athletes. It's easy to show off that athleticism when you're not wearing sleeves. Is Biff? Is he is he certified billionaire? Because I heard I've heard a lot of different net worths thrown around with him. Like I know he's wealthy, but is it that like is it that wealthy? I have not oh, checked man. his let's bank account lately. Let's, let's Danny. Let's <laughs> <reckless speculation. laughs> he, let, he's got enough money to, to to wear to wear cut off sleeve t shirt on national television <laughs> and, and, and not give a damn. Well, yeah, but I saw a lot of people on cops back in the day who didn't look very rich wearing sleeveless shirts on television too. <laughs> If he is a B, it's a little B, right? He's probably oh, I mean, he could be a hundred million, and it's still a lot of money. But there's a massive difference in a hundred million and a billionaire. He could right. be a little billionaire. Which, if he so, was Big B, wouldn't he just buy the Maryland program and make himself the head coach? Yeah. See, Bud knows what I'm talking about. The billionaires yeah. talk about the like little Kevin B's Plank's B? the big B's. Yeah. yeah. It's not, he ain't Kevin Plank. That's for sure. All and right. maybe maybe a lot Which, of it like net worth is tied up in assets. We really got a lot of questions about you know. 
what the valuations of these assets are. I mean, commercial yeah. real estate. I'm not saying he's Bernie Madoff. Like, yeah. I'm not saying he's a fraud. I'm just wondering if he's <laughs> as much as wherever as we're what, saying. What was y'all's favorite cop city? Oh, Miami. Name down in South Florida. I Miami felt like was, yeah. there was always a lot of good ones in Missouri. Yeah. Oh, Missouri yeah. was a low key, very good cop. Like city. the meth fueled ones. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Houston, I thought was always a pretty good one. I don't know. Yeah. Coming up on the other side, we turn our attention to Saturday with the Thursday and Friday action in the rear view. And we will begin with some of the big games of the day. Penn State, Illinois, Kansas State, Missouri, LSU, Mississippi State, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, Florida, and the backyard brawl. We'll get into that and more next. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Barton Simmons live in Vegas on CBS Sports Network. Look for that golden mane somewhere around the sidelines, I'm sure, uh, as Vanderbilt travels to go play UNLV. But that's not the game that begins our look at some of the headliners for Saturday. It's in the noon slate. It's Penn State taking their shiny top 10 ranking on the road to Champaign to take on Illinois. Has anybody got a lock for Penn State, Illinois? Thoughts? Oh, you do have one? Yeah. All right, let's go. Give me the under. Under 48 and a half. You know, we saw Luke Altmaier struggling, running for his life. I still think you would get a pretty solid effort from Illinois' defense against Penn State. First big test. You know, I know it was West Virginia, but I th- think they'll better, better put up a better fight um, than the Mountaineers did against the Nittany Lions. So I like a lower scoring affair here. If I was going to lean one way, I'd probably, I mean, Illinois looked so rough, but it almost seems too obvious to say that Penn State's just going to blow them out. But I think it'll be a lower scoring game. Yeah, it's not great that Luke Altmaier is their leading rusher through two games. Um, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that one because I do think the difference for Illinois this week is that after facing Daquan Finn and Jalen Daniels, like Drew Allar is not a, not a statue, but they can actually, I think they're going to be much more willing to bring pressure because they're not going to be as worried about the QB escaping it in the lane and running for 30 or 40 yards on them. And they're also getting their starting safety, Matthew Bailey, back, who hasn't played in the first two games. And I think that'll probably help out the secondary a little bit. So, yeah, I think this could be a lower scoring affair than we've seen in the first two weeks from Illinois for sure. Also in the noon slate, Kansas State and Missouri. Kansas State, this line is down to three and a half. What are we missing? Wait, 
right? I mean, I'm just going to go ahead. Like, I'm going to say it with my chest. Kansas State minus three and a half. I'm not going to be afraid of this movement. This is the better team. This is the better quarterback. And while Missouri's defense is good, I think Kansas State's defense is comparable. Like, I'm, I, I think this should be a touchdown. It's disrespectful to the reigning Big 12 champs. I'm not going to argue against you. I'm just not following you in the battle here. What are we missing? I'm... <laughs> Come on, come on, spit it out. What, it's what, it's what, not a, what are the birds just, saying, huh? Come on, bud. Wh- wh- why do we think Kansas State's going to go score a lot on Missouri's defense? That's what my thought process is, yes. Like, Kansas Will State Howard is playing is a little bit faster bad. this year. So I, I, I'm not asking them to score a lot. I'm asking them to win the game by a touchdown. <laughs> right. It'll be 10 3. Is there <laughs> any chance Missouri's been playing possum? They can't it's afford like, to. With, with who? I, all these punts in opponent territory, like we talked about yesterday, like I, I don't think a, Drinkwitz they were is an Struggle idiot. City versus Middle Tennessee, right? I mean, how are you playing possum in that game? I'm not, I'm not overly confident in Mizzou. My thing here is it's the same thing I told all the Kansas State fans yelling at me for not putting Will Howard in my power rankings this week. Simo and Troy, I'm not putting too much faith in anything I've seen from you yet. Yeah. Okay. I'm not really wanting to fight this. Come do on, it. let's do it. No, 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 bud. You take you take Missouri's it's offense. Let's, go. let's enter a lock fight <laughs> with you and Missouri's offense, and I've got Chris Kleiman in Kansas State. Let's go. I'm going to fight you it's derivatively. Too- I'm going to take I'm going to take Kansas State under 27 point team total. You <laughs> <laughs> can both win. You don't care. All right, agreed. Yeah, like yeah, 27 20 wins for both. Or well, no, it doesn't pushes, but yeah. <laughs> But All you right. saw you saw in Bud's eyes, he's like, Brady Cook, do I want to bet on Brady? No, I'll just take Kansas <laughs> State. Oh, really? really? yeah. I'll fight your ass. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Fight. You're a little too cocky today. I don't like all this. I don't like all this yeah. trash talk from Chip. Like the most unlikely trash talker on the show. Somebody's got to put him in his place. Let's There's go. got to be a sense of desperation for Eli Drinkwitz squad. Like it, they have heard all season, all off season long about getting their butts kicked last year. You've got to get their best effort. I think the defense is legit. Will Howard's first test. I'll take him. Give me Mizzou in the points. All right. Uh, also, too easy. Can't be also, that easy. Also, in the noon slate, uh, I mean, it can be really difficult. They could be trailing, <laughs> you know, by three points, and then all of a sudden that touchdown is four point win. Um, LSU, Mississippi State. We talked about this game a little bit on Wednesday's show. Does anybody have a lock? I do. Let's go. I'm learning my lesson from last week. Mississippi State team total under 22 and a half because they're running the ball thousand percent of the time no matter what the situation or the matchup it's just we're going to take this quarterback who's thrown for like a billion yards and a thousand touchdowns in his career wearing this uniform and we're going to hand him hand off 45 times a game so yeah if uh if trying to distance yourself from the will muschamp comparisons was a goal i don't know that f-bombs on national live television was the best way to achieve that goal and running the ball 45 times and throwing it 15 (laughs) and yeah He's t- he's picking up that torch and running with it. Are we gonna start and yet, them? like they're so experienced, I really don't want to like bet on LSU to blow them out. But they did they did just go to overtime despite being plus four turnovers at home against Arizona. So yep. there's a lot not to like. And they still couldn't hit the over on their team total. <laughs> I'll yeah, go that's... similar. I'll go under on the game. 
I'll go under. I, this Mississippi State team is so different. You gave the unbelievable stat yesterday about how much they're running the football. I also am curious to see what LSU does offensively. You know, I know they put up 70-plus against Grambling, but I'm still curious to see Jaden Daniels, you know, this offense. They got weapons, but I think uh, Zach Garnett, defensive-minded coach, playing at home, cowbells ringing. It could be a lower scoring game. Yeah, and they, they lost some guys from last year's team, but on the defensive side of the ball, they still look pretty solid. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Could be like uh, that early start against Arkansas. I mean, I know it was cold, you know, back then, and they had the um, that gumbo on the sideline and the, in the cups, but that was a what, 13 to three or something ridiculous like that, that LSU Arkansas game. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see it being a little creaky uh, getting out the gates. Moving on to the midday slate, it is. SEC on CBS Game of the Week. The SEC opener for Georgia and South Carolina. The Bulldogs are 6-1 and one against the Gamecocks in the Kirby Smart era, including wins against the Gamecocks in both matchups between Smart and Shane Beamer by pretty sizable margins. And that's why we've got a pretty sizable margin here as uh, the Georgia Bulldogs find themselves about a 27 and a half, 28 points favorite uh, over under around 54 and a half or so. Anybody got a lock? Oh, yeah, uh, I do. Me too. Nice. Uh, let's start. All here. right. But you can go first. I mean, South Carolina has allowed how many tackles for loss so far this year? A jillion. Oh, hold on. Well, I scroll down to the very bottom. 23. It's only two games, one of them against Furman. So that's I'm actually could happen. From a betting from a betting perspective, I am pissed that this is where this game falls. Because I think we had tremendous value on other teams against South Carolina because maybe the public like really buys in the North Carolina's defensive line being awesome. Like, you know, I, I would have loved to like, you know, take Florida as a small road dog against them or like lay a number with Kentucky or or Missouri. But Georgia forces us to lay a big number. And so the question for me becomes intent. Like, does Kirby know the number? Does care, does Kirby care to cover the number? And I think that he does. I don't think South Carolina can block any team in the SEC. So, I mean, there 23 tackles for loss allowed so far against an FCS team, which had seven on them. And then my math tells me that's still a pretty good number for North Carolina. I don't think they can block at all. And I, I think Georgia will know the number and care. So, lay them. Lay all of the points. Nice. Yes. Yeah. All right. And it's under 20. It's 27 and a half, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's under 28. Yeah. It's 27 and a half, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me get it on that, too. Let the children sing. <laughs> For a lot of the same reasons. You know, I think Georgia also, they want to try that. Their offensive line's been, you know, criticized a little bit early in the season, questioned, you know, can they run the football? I think they come out and they maul them. I think this is one of those frustration games. You know, Bud, you know, talked about the intent. I think it's going to get ugly. And I worry about Spencer Rattler's health as well. Like, he's going to get sacked and like, hit a lot. Look, you look know at who, the teams that they're with in, in the tackle for loss allowed rankings. Louisiana Tech, Hawaii, Virginia, Jack State, San Diego State, Middle Tennessee, Washington State, which is actually kind of interesting, uh, South Florida, Colorado, Kent State, Central Michigan, San Jose, UMass. You know who I saw singing the national anthem the other night? Queen Latifah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Chip, you was mentioned she really? it. Yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. before the uh before I think it was the Giants Cowboys game. It might have been the Monday night game. Anyways, um Yeah, you mentioned it, Chip. They've 
they're six and one let you know under Kirby against South Carolina. They're two and zero against Beamer. That includes winning by a total of sixty eight points in the two games. South Carolina's offensive line has been very bad. Spencer Rattler had no touchdowns against North Carolina. He had five against Furman, but even then he was still getting harassed in the backfield against Furman. I feel like a bad offensive line going up against Georgia is probably not a great matchup in your favor. So, Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Georgia minus 27 and a half. Um, South Carolina team total under 13 and a half. Right. Is that so? It was where we were at yesterday. Does that still grade out? Probably. Yes. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't go to fourteen. I don't think they'd drop it to twelve. What's yeah. the rotation number on this? It is. I'm trying to find it. Yeah, it's it's, it's painted thirteen and a half. Yep. Okay. One fifty-seven, one fifty-eight. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the game plan. You know, kind of kind of been on that ever since I saw the number pop a little bit earlier in the week. I had to. Uh, do some picks for this on CBS Sports HQ, and that's the that's the one, man. I, I feel the most confident that Georgia's defensive front, which, by the way, we mentioned, Danny. I think you mentioned it first. One sack through two games. That number is quadrupled, minimum in this in the game. first half or overall. <laughs> I don't know, but I just think it's crazy that Georgia's defense only has one sack all season. So. I think that changes. Uh, I think with the SEC opponent, you're going to see that defensive front get after it, and it's very difficult to offense when you've got defensive linemen three yards in the backfield right after you say hike. So um, <laughs> give me the Gamecocks team total under. More points for Georgia's first-team offense or more rushing yards for South Carolina against Georgia's first-team defense? Points for Georgia's first-team offense. I think I agree. South Carolina is averaging 2.1 yards per carry with the running backs this year. In the, in the sack yardage. Dejan Edwards has, was he's dealing with an MCL. He suffered in fall camp. He could potentially have gone last week against Ball State, but you know why risk it? And I think he is trending towards being back in the lineup. Remember that running back room lost Branson Robinson uh, in the fall camp for the season so it's kind of been Kendall Milton a couple freshmen have been getting in there as well I think the offense would like to get into gear and perform with a little bit more consistency I want to say like 30 seconds of nice things about South Carolina I think Rattler is playing very well I agree I do think like like I, I think I'm not really sure I'm sold on the new OC but I think that like anything over Satterfield is a massive upgrade honestly and I think they still have good D tackles and I like some of the safeties they're getting back this week I don't know that they can get pressure without blitzing because I don't think their ends are very good. So that's another reason why I like this. But there are some pieces to this thing, and and you know, it to me it's just the blocking. Like, Xavier Leggett Leggett has like emerged as a really good playmaker. Juice Wells has hardly played at all. He's only yeah, got one exactly. catch through two games. He's kind of being limited by an injury. And you mentioned Spencer Rattler. The guy's completed like eighty three percent of his passes and averaging three hundred fifty yards a game. I but think Spencer Rattler is playing as well as any quarterback running through no man's land in a World War One battlefield could play pretty much. Mm. Dodging artillery everywhere he steps. <laughs> um, get into the primetime slate in Gainesville, a place where Tennessee has not won since 2003. The Vols find themselves as a favorite of under a touchdown, still sitting around six and a half or so, taking on Florida. Billy Napier's big stand. Is it a big statement for the Gators? Or do you think that the Vols are able to snap the drought in this series in the swamp? <clears throat> Any locks? 
I've got one. Okay. I want to start by saying I think Florida can win this game. And if they do, I don't think it's a... (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done, Jordan. (laughs) And if they do, I don't think it's one of those major upsets that everybody's saying could happen this week. But I'm not going to pick them to. Nor am I going to pick Florida to cover the spread. Because when I'm breaking this game down, I see it going two ways. Either Tennessee's offense gets unlocked and completely buries Florida and blows them away. Or Florida gets Tennessee stuck in the game it wants to play, which is slow, methodical, limit possessions. So to me, the most logical play here, because I think it works in Florida's direction, win or lose, is the team total for the Gators under 26 and a half. Okay. I I don't hate that at all. Um, also, Tennessee's defense has played pretty well. So yeah, now, granted, Virginia and uh, Austin P, but still, it looks pretty good. Anybody else? I like the play? way you're landing. It. If you want some really sick stuff that like we can't put out for the show because it's not against the spread. Tomorrow or maybe like Saturday morning, some of these places will put out like alternate first half type lines. I do think there's a scenario in which like this game is, you know, less than 20 points in the first half at like some pretty big odds, right? It just Milton has some misses. Florida is able to get a couple first downs. They're obviously wanting to play very slow. That I think that's probably more likely than it will be priced. But first all of all, the odds aren't out. First and, half lines. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, like I'm not trying to help the people. If you guys give us an hour every Thursday, we're, you know, <laughs> but you better give us a like for this kind of stuff. Oh, <laughs> no, I, I, I'd give it a love. They gave me the opportunity. Danny, you going to make any play on this game? No, nah, I'm going to stay away from it. I lean Tennessee, but not going to lock it up. It was when it was over a touchdown. I was very tempted to take ten, uh, to take Florida as the home dog, but at six and a half, it's just kind of weird. Milton has been making the right decisions, though. Mm-hmm. Like he's had some bad drops, he's had some missed throws. It's not like he's throwing to the wrong guy, which I think if you're a Tennessee fan, you have to be at least encouraged about that. Now maybe Florida will change that because it's not like they've had any any real resistance so far. But and like. You know, tennis, we can't even use anything from last year because somebody said, you know, last year, Anthony Richardson was there. Uh, yeah, but last year, Jalen Hyatt was there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's totally different, um, totally different set. Fascinated to see what happens in the game. Uh, and one more, it is the backyard brawl, Pitt and West Virginia. Oh boy, we had some alarm bells going off for the Pitt Panthers. Do we think that they correct things here after the loss to Cincinnati? We've also given a lot of praise to Neil Brown, who has you know, got this group fighting and playing competitive. The spread certainly indicates that this is a game that the odds makers believe is you know, right there as a coin flip type toss-up. Does anybody feel strongly one way or the other with West Virginia as a slight home favorite over under around 47? I just got bet pretty hard. So like yeah. we're going to lay, we're gonna have to lay three. Or unless somebody speaks really quickly, you can get a two and a half. <laughs> I I got this at West Virginia plus one. I was able to get it in the six pack at West Virginia minus one, which thankfully has been published before the line just moved. Now I can't lock it up where it is now, but I like West Virginia. Vibes. 
are all in West Virginia's favor here. And it's funny because West Virginia is just one and one. But the fact that, you know, we he put that ice pack down, sat on that ice pack, all of a sudden that seat's not so hot anymore. You can really cool things down with the win right here uh, against the bitter rival in front of the home fans. Go a long way uh, as we start to spin things forward for the Mountaineers. Hold on a second. I'm going to take the Pitt Panthers. Okay. You don't you don't bet on vibes going all around. You bet on it. You bet on the backyard brawl that the Pitt Panthers are going to bounce back. And you know what else? You know, like I think we were so thrown off because Cincinnati looked so good against Pitt. Maybe we were all, and I was. Maybe I was wrong about Cincinnati not being that good. Um, I think this game is going to be ugly, physical, and I can get a full three points. Yeah, go ahead and give them to me. Give me the Pitt. I mean, I, I, I don't hate that at all. Just kind of buying back on this because I mean, Pitt opened as a two point favorite. So yeah. What if what if the time that we do locks is actually head fake time? Like everything right. like Thursday at eleven is when things start to move one way, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're getting all these numbers right here at the at the head fake number. My week one pit locks uh, were all head fakes. I was actually eleven and one that week. <laughs> the, I will say the uh, the West Virginia bet was not a head fake. Okay, somebody put it out, and now everybody's rushing to it. The yeah. syndicate. God, I love. Love, love having Bud here to be able to provide insight <laughs> to our world. Coming up on the other side, the board opens up. We're not forcing you to pick any game. Any game on Saturday. Fair game. We give you the rest of our locks. Next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast, let's take a look at what's already on the board. U-N-I-T-Y, Georgia, minus 27.5 for Bud, Danny, Tom. Also, Bud is on Virginia, Maryland, under 48. Uh, That is Danny riding along with him. And then Bud is also on Memphis, minus 13.5. Tom riding along. He's also got Army, UTSA, under 45. Kansas State team total, under 27.5. I've got Kansas State minus three and a half. That's a lock fight with DK. Also, Army plus nine and a half, Air Force minus nine and a half, and the South Carolina team total under 13 and a half. In addition to Georgia and the Virginia, Maryland under, and that Missouri uh, plus three and a half, Danny has the Penn State, Illinois under 48 and a half, the LSU, Mississippi State under 54 and a half, and the Pitt plus three. Don't let that line get too big in a rivalry game. Come on. Uh, Georgia and Memphis are the lock agreements and lock unity for Tom. And then Memphis State team total under 22.5. Florida team total under 26.5 for Mr. Fernelli, who 
has the honors on the tee box after last week? Uh, we're going to go to something we kind of touched on during Wednesday's show during the mid-game breakdowns and whatnot. Michigan is completely coasting. And like Bud mentioned it, it's like it's like they're going to the other team and giving a handshake agreement like, hey, we won't try that hard if you just accept the fact that we're going to crush you and then we'll take it easy on you. And the other team's like, sure, yeah, that sounds great. Michigan team total under 46 and a half. Like they haven't scored 40 points in either of their first games against inferior competition. I have no reason to think they're going to be trying to run up the score against inferior competition this week. It's the last game of Jim Harbaugh's suspension. Sharon Moore is the head coach. I don't know if he'll still be calling the plays. We saw in the first week when he wasn't calling the plays, the offense looked a little kind of disjointed. Uh, yeah, I just I think this is a situation where the Wolverines just sit on Bowling Green and then go home. Chris Hummer put out the uh, seconds per play data or plays per minute. If you, Regardless, it, it, it's, it's the same thing. Last place, Air Force. Next, New Mexico. Next, Miami, Ohio. Next, Miami, Florida. Next, Navy. Next, Michigan. I think I think maybe Harbaugh was like, all right, Biff Pogi, I see what you're doing because he's, you know, next on the list. I kind of like this play, but, like, man, I'm a little worried about, even though Bowling Green classically in these spots plays incredibly slow. Like, they understand the, the name of the game. We're taking the check and we're, and we're getting back on the plane. At some point, like, doesn't Michigan have to throw the ball a little bit and, like, maybe let the offense play a little bit? Maybe this is the game with, with Mork, like, as the head coach. Also, I'm very worried about Bowling Green throwing the football to Michigan. Like, they threw five picks against Liberty. So, I, I don't know. I, I But I could see it for sure. The pace is ridiculous they're running. Like, they're they're slower than, like, like some of the service academies. It's just a practice, you know. Get out there and just just work through some, some fun, guys. Or JJ fun. McCarthy's gonna be wearing a red jersey. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna All be right, the same thing as You know, uh, mad Michigan fans would be if, if we photoshopped the red jersey on, on some highlights for McCarthy. <laughs> Jordan, we we should do that. Rotoscope it so that it can go in uh, in live action. All right, what? Uh, let's say, Bud, where do you want to go? I want to go to the first half of some of these uh, these games. I'm going to go ahead and go down to South Florida. Can I still get 19 and a half on Bama? Ooh, I like that. No, nah, that feels kind of scammy. It get, it, Bama got bet. Uh, I'll, I'll lay the 20 uh, with, with Alabama in the first half. Uh, I, I'm not sure USF's that good, and I, I do think Bama's still really talented. Everybody's very down on Bama, and I clearly like you had to haircut them a little bit with, with, with the power ratings, but uh, I mean – how many teams can do to them what Texas did? They still forced Texas to complete difficult deep balls, and, and they did so. I'm not really sure USF can do that. And uh, they're opening up the upper deck at Ray J. My guess here is that those are tickets not being sold to USF fans, but to Tide fans. So Tide rolls. Give me Alabama in the first half. I love that play. That's a good one. Anybody else got a – you want to jump in on it? Nah, I don't want to. I don't want to ride boats, uh, but I'm already getting accused of hopping on his coattails. Wait, where? Be like an chat? SEC fan rooting for Georgia. Come on, <laughs> come on. You gonna get in on Colorado, Colorado State? Man, I want to. Anybody else? <laughs> I've. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna get in on the uh, the over. Uh, is this still 59? 
Let's see. Uh, negative Ghost Rider. Negative. Is 60 and a half. 60 and a half, yeah. That's not, that's not total dead numbers, right? But we're not, we're not at 61 yet, or 61, 62, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. I'll go ahead and ride it. Um, Colorado State's defense gave up 50 points to Cam Ward. Cam Ward's not as good as Shadur Sanders. Colorado's offense can put up more points than Washington State's offense. And with all the talking that Jay Norvell's been doing, I would not expect, I would not be surprised to see Colorado State maybe punch in a couple of, you know, late games already over type scores. It's exactly what happened against Washington State two touchdowns in the fourth quarter when the game was already well out of reach. Again, I, I really think Colorado in this matchup is going to be able to get 42 to 50 on its own. So if I just need a, a little bit of action out of this Colorado state team, which has had, by the way, a full week off, they had week two off to prepare for this game. Um, I don't think the super bowl aspect of this or the trash talk aspect of this has me wanting to take the Rams to do anything else other than maybe get me a score or two to take me over the total. I think the buffs can do the rest of it. So I will go Colorado, Colorado state over. I will caution the chat, like totally Colorado is going to be fired up, but they already are trying to run up the score on everybody. Like they let Shador stay in and take big shots last week just so he could get another touchdown. Like, I don't think that Colorado can push the throttle any more forward than hiring Sean Lewis, who's a great OC and if you look at what he did at Kent State, like they would absolutely pile it on if they could, generally. And letting Dion, I mean, and Dion's son is the quarterback who they're trying to, like, they're actively promoting him for Heisman, as is a really smart play. I don't think Colorado can try to win this game by a lot any harder than it already was with game day on campus. Like, I, I'm not adding any extra to my power rating on that because they're already doing it. Like, he's already taken, what, like 10 sacks on the year? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like, 500 yards a game and, and five sacks a game is, is a pretty wild split. So, I, yeah, I'm kind of Braveheart, like, hold, right? With, with, with like, if 24 and a half shows, I'll bite the bullet, maybe, but at this price. Oh, you're talking about for the Colorado spread, not necessarily like an over. Uh, total. Correct. Yeah. 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 You want to take Colorado State? If it gets to 24 and a half, I just think on math, I probably have That's to. Colorado's broken math a couple times already. I, this game, so. I, I'm so, I was so irritated that Jay Norvell opened this thing up. And I know it was one of those coaches' shows where he, but I mean, come on. This Colorado has played up the disrespect card already but every they, single game. They're like, already trying just, to, to run it up anyway. Like, yeah, that's true. This is what I'm saying. Like, I don't think there's any extra edge for this. It's, it's game day on campus. Everybody's trying to get their numbers. I, I don't know. I liked Colorado State before that. That has me a little bit nervous about it because I think this is the lull game. It's first time as a heavy favorite. It is. I mean, the Rocky Mountain Showdown, I remember when I was playing in the Broncos, this used to be played at Invesco. It's a fun Mm -hmm. game. Like, it's pretty good rivalry, but now I'm just staying away from it. Sit back and watch it. Oh, no. Come on. Um, That's awesome. All right. Uh, Let's see. Danny, where do you want to go? Uh, did you guys know what the ACC's record is versus the SEC earlier this season? Oh, have you heard that? Because everybody's been talking about it. Yeah, the ACC is back, right? I just want to temper the enthusiasm a little bit. Like, it's been nice. Well, yeah, don't look at Virginia Tech losing to Purdue at home. (laughs) Right, we don't don't worry about that one. He's resting Purdue on the SEC SEC. Yeah. Um, Minnesota traveling to Carolina. They're going on the road. The Greek rifle taking that show into town. 
I think we might have been, you know, I'm still very curious to see North Carolina's defense um, because we might have been fooled a little bit. Gene Chizik and company against South Carolina as they have looked atrocious. We saw maybe a little bit somewhere. I think the defense is better, but I'm not all of a sudden saying they're back. We talked a little bit the other day about Drake May being eh, kind of okay. They've been running the football better. So I like Minnesota. Give me all those points. What can I get? Eight. Eight. Perfect. And also a little two for one special for you. It has, it's been a minute since I had one on the board. I also like the under in this one as well, because Carolina has been running the football uh, with some effectiveness as well, which may be more challenging against Minnesota's defense too. So I like uh, Minnesota, the points in the under coordinated parlay. Love it. Anyone else? Minnesota the most frustrating team to beat in the, or to bet in the country so far this year. Like they allowed a touchdown on a bounce pass to Nebraska. (laughs) And then they uh, got stopped four times inside the two yard line, like four different drives last week. So that was, but that's, that's why it's frustrating for me because you want to reward excellence, which is happening when they don't have the ball, and then you just need it to cash in with anything offensively when they do have the ball. It's tough. I love about gaining opponents by 320 yards and, and not losing the turnover battle and uh, and, and not covering 20. That's always good. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, oh, yeah. Or sorry, um, I forgot to read a dentist pick. Should we get to the dentist? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Dennis, uh, his his son's little league team must must have played pretty well, I think, because he fired off like two picks with two paragraphs. So we're going to shorten this a little bit. He is taking under fifty four and a half in LSU uh, Mississippi State, which I think makes some sense. This game's gone over that number one time in the past eight years. Starkville's a terrible place to play. He's, he's an old Miss guy, I remember. Uh, <laughs> on the road, and State has been a super run heavy team this year. Basically, all the reasons that we gave, uh, and then he's also going to an SEC-ACC contest, like Danny was kind of alluded to. He likes under in Ole Miss, Georgia Tech, 63 and a half. Uh, notes that uh, they're going to try to get the run game back on track for the Rebs, and they go to Tuscaloosa next week. So um, interesting contest there. Some skill position guys out for uh, for Ole Miss. I, I could see it. Why, why, why is Georgia Tech, like, Georgia Tech's offense good, or have they just played bad defenses? They were they looked really good for like one quarter against Louisville. I don't really think they've looked all that good outside of that. There's also the element of like, did they look good because they have good players, or look good because nobody knew what they were going to run? Because mm-hmm. it's a new staff and a new offense. And yeah, also, yeah, Louisville's safety got ejected in the for a targeting call. I mean, that's a great strategy if you can repeat it. Just have the opponents get ejected for targeting all the time. I mean, you know. It's the new market inefficiency. Yeah. Seven touchdowns, one interception. Throwing hospital round, balls all over nine, the place. <laughs> like uh, nine, ten yards per attempt. Like, Haynes, Haynes King is like, eh, his name is being included with names that you would not think. And I think that's the competition. Obviously, we get four or five, six games into the season. You expect that would level out, but. We'll see what Pete Golding uh, has in store. Does anybody else got an Ole Miss Georgia Tech play? No. Okay. Um, Tom, who who wants it? Who, who's who's feeling who's feeling chesty? I've only got two left, so I don't know what the, everybody else's board looks like. Okay. About the same. About, About the same. same. All right. 
then I'm going to go with one of my favorite plays of the week, although this number has also come down to where I got it a couple days ago. Give me FIU plus seven at UConn. As we talked about on yesterday's show, we were going over all the injuries. UConn's starting quarterback, Joe Fignano, is out for the year. He transferred from Maine with the offensive coordinator. He was the hand-chosen selection to run the offense. Taquan Roberson will be starting, I think, for UConn this week. He was their starter last year before he went down with a season-ending injury of his own. Things didn't look great in the limited time he was out there. Maybe things will get better with him back at quarterback this week, but I just feel like UConn was a team that last year was a surprise story. It got a few lucky breaks. It won games it probably shouldn't have, and I feel like the luck is evening out and heading back in the other direction. So I'm going to do it. I am going to assume FIU walks into Jim Mora Jr.'s house and gets the cover. There's, there's going to be a time to buy back in on FIU. They've, I mean, they're two and they're two and one, and they've won like they beat North Texas. It's like they're not, they're a better team than they were last year. Yeah, they also switched to the quarterback Jenkins, mm-hmm. the kid, kid who was a pretty good player for Miami Central last year, the, the high school. So, um, yeah, FIU currently much better than the four yards passing they had in week one. Four. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen. We're trying to improve every single day, every single week. Um, FIU, would you, you would favor FIU over UTEP on a neutral field, right? I feel like they're scrapping. There's like a tier there at the bottom of CUSA where there's maybe four or five teams probably separated by two or three points on the power rating. Yeah. Did I check out? It's very dependent on if you think that UTEP has quit. Mm. If you think UTEP has quit, you need to bottom them out. If you don't, then you probably are still favoring UTEP. Okay, well, they might... I will not be betting UTEP on this show. No, 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 no. Um, But I'll tell you what, while we're debating uh, UTEP and FIU favored on a neutral field, I'll tell you what UTEP should not be. It's only an 18-point underdog at Arizona. Let's go. Wildcats lay the 18. They play hard. Listen, they, (laughs) they try to make it difficult. You are in a position where... That is a heartbreaking loss. Like we talk about the Mississippi State side of that. You just went and because of four interceptions and one lost fumble, a game where on a down-to-down basis, you have absolutely done everything that you can do to win. You've got the overtime overruling that prevents you from being able to get it done. Overtime loss in Starkville. Arizona comes back, and I think they take out all of their frustrations on UTEP. I think that UTEP is not going to be able to get enough stops uh, to keep Jane DeLara and the wide receiver room, which rolls like two, three deep with guys who can go out there and put up 100 yards. And I I think that Arizona, as it tries to get right, heading into really important games, like if Arizona is going to be a bowl team, they've got really important Pac-12 games coming up. They need to be able to get right. They need to be able to flush everything that happened the week before. I go Arizona and I lay the 18. I don't know if you guys saw, I created a new stat i invented it this week in in my big time column it's called the whoopsie daisy rating the whoopsie daisy rate and what it does is it 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 measures how many times a quarterback makes a whoopsie daisy a whoopsie daisy counts as any interception or fumble and it's divided by how many snaps they played and during his career only one player has a higher whoopsie daisy rate than arizona's Jaden delora it's nebraska's jeff sims (laughs) so Listen, he's got five touchdowns and five interceptions. He literally giveth and taketh away. But yes. I'm, I just, I got to think that when you're going up against a team that we are very much questioning the, you know, what's, 
where this Miners team is at. They they peaked, right? They made it to a bowl game. They're now five and seven. And I think that we're hitting the regression where we're going to be much closer to where UTEP was before Dana Demo got him up into that bowl eligibility. Uh, that's part of the theory here, in addition to Arizona trying to flush a frustrating loss where they played well enough to beat an SEC team. That's the problem is like, he will throw the ball to any opponent. It's really yes. indiscriminate. Like, like he could play USC and throw two picks. He could play the FCS team they play and throw two picks. It, it, the ugh. the ultimate Jaden Delora play was that fake spike in which he did it, and nobody else on the team knew it was. He just he improvised it. He stood back and he just started pushing, and then the offensive line looks and says, "Oh crap!" and starts pushing too. That is Jaden Delora in a nutshell. He's awesome. I love him. Protect him at all costs. <laughs> Um, all right, I've almost cashed out. Let's hear it. I have one more. All right, let's go. Uh, UMass, Eastern Michigan, under 51 and a half. Numbers play. Number too high. Just I, UMass was... <laughs> UMass's offense was surprisingly good in that first game against New Mexico State. It has really not been that good since the defenses in this matchup aren't great, but I just think tempo-wise, things are going to slow down quite a bit in this one, and I, I it's, yeah, I, I, I don't like this number going over 51 and a half, so that's where I'm at. Yeah. Mike? I guess, like, how good is Carlos Davis, the backup quarterback for UMass, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to the one. first half, Well, Oh, okay. Danny, go ahead. Uh, Tom, what is Ohio? Oh, it's a wagon. It's a wagon. So why aren't we on it? <laughs> because they've got, are, <laughs> they've got an Iowa State coming to town as a home dog. I, Iowa State, I, they're, I don't know. I like Rocco Becht. Shout out his dad, my former colleague, Anthony Becht. I think he's still a young quarterback who's kind of coming in his own. He had that big pick six in the game, unfortunately for him. I think the future is bright for him. But – has anybody watched the way Ohio's gotten after opposing quarterbacks and this time they're getting it at home? Mm-hmm. Three and a half points? Give them to me. Yeah, so I, I, I can definitely see that. So wagon. Curtis Rourke back, healthy, looking good. What what do we think? What what number? As as I continue to just be preposterous out here, rooting for teams to cover massive spreads. But like when when Rich Waltz and Aaron Taylor and Amanda Guerra the Goat are, are tucking us in at the end of the night, don't you want to be holding that Kansas minus 28? Don't you want to fade the absolute you-know-what out of the Nevada Wolfpack two words? Yes. Yeah. You want to be rooting for Kansas which, by the way, does have a good backup quarterback, remember? So even when you pull the starters, you still got somebody who can go out there and score touchdowns. Yeah, give me Kansas minus 28 at Nevada on the mothership CBS Sports Network. Play the children. I'm, I'm joining you. Yes. I got... Yes! I have it at minus 27 and a half. I took it off the lockboard when it moved to 28, but honestly, who the hell cares? <laughs> Kansas minus 28. Let's go. Um, I want to pull the trigger. Gosh, I hope that game goes by fast, especially the first half. <laughs> it will. Oh wait, are you in? The, are you in studio? Yeah. Matt? I'll be there this weekend. So come on, keep that baby moving. 
and then you're free is because is it Kevin Carter's going to have to stay to do the yeah exactly. <laughs> Danny's like, hey, listen, let's let's go ahead and run through these highlights for uh, these early games, and uh, we'll we'll get, we'll get inside college football built out right now. Let's yeah. do it. Exactly. Um, all right, I. I think I'm tapped out. I'll, I'll ask. I got some questions. If we just want to um, hit a couple other games along the way, unless there's, there's a game, you guys tell me what you think. Tell me what you guys think because I, I could I could be swayed. This one, Nebraska's 0-2. They're looking for their first win. They've got a Northern Illinois coming to town that you know did beat Boston College, but would they follow mm-hmm. that up with the loss to the Salukis? I want to take Nebraska so bad, but you know what else I saw? I saw that the status of Jeff Sims is a little bit up in the air um, going into this game. I don't know if Bud has any insight. I, everything in my w- heart wants to say to lay the points with Nebraska, but I I also think it could be really an ugly game, low-scoring game. What do you think, Bud? I wouldn't bet this game with stolen money in either direction, dude. <laughs> like, like, seriously, this, this is like, – is Jeff Sims going to play? Is the backup healthy? How bad is the third string on a team that is actively playing Jeff Sims on offense with Satterfield as the OC? And yet, and yet, Northern Illinois lost to an FCS team last week. Mm-hmm. So I, I have no idea. What Northern Illinois game. not only lost to an FCS team, but it opened as a 13-point underdog, and the line has pushed down to 11. So <laughs> it's, yeah. So Northern Illinois got bet uh-huh. and still lost. Okay, yeah. yeah. Anybody going to touch? No one's touching Washington, Michigan State. I'm not locking it up, but I kind of like Michigan State plus 16 because how much is Mel Tucker standing on the sideline really worth to the spread? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like how much is a head coach really worth? And I feel like there was a bit of an overreaction. Yeah. I I do think that is, do we think Michigan State secondary is in a good place or rough place right now? I don't think it's in a great place, but I also think like Noah Kim's looked pretty good and Washington's defense is still Washington's defense. So on the road, I think Michigan State's going to be able to move the ball. How would we know if Michigan State's defensive backs look any good? They've played Central Michigan, which is basically a wildcat team Mm -hmm. and an FCS team. Like I don't have an opinion on the Michigan State defensive backs based on their play this year because they really have not had to do any – Anything resembling what they'll face against Washington. I agree. Like Noah Kim's looked a little better than I thought he would, by the way. I mean, I know like at least Central Michigan has some defense, but the FCS team threw for 544 on Mm -hmm. Michigan on Central Michigan. So maybe Noah Kim torching them is not really I think he looks good. Just he's making the he's making the right throws. And it's 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 one of those instances where Michigan State fans were kind of after Peyton Thorne transfer they're like yeah we know we don't care we've got Noah Kim and it's like you never know in those situations whether it's just denial for a fan base it's like anytime your QB leaves it's like no the next guy's great or if they're serious but so far I think they're right Bud, why is your card so light oh I I am staying within the parameters of the graphic as I agreed to do preseason but I do have a couple more if we would like to get to them Mm -hmm. what's the uh what's the team total on Western Kentucky Ooh. Oh, let's see. Because 28-29, you're trusting Western Kentucky's defense to get some stops. But Ohio State's offense. Uh, I can get you a 17, Chip. I feel like they score three touchdowns. Let's go Western Kentucky team total over. Austin Reed, buckle up, let's go. 
slinging it around the second half? Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I actually liked Ohio State minus 16 and a half first half as a play on my card. I, I, I think they're going to come out and score on West Kentucky. I, I think they'll get some stops early. So Chip and I can both win our bets on this. Sweet. So Ohio State minus 16 and a half? Yeah, first for, half. for the first half. Because they have Notre Dame on deck, but I do think that Ryan Day is going to want them to get some actual reps throwing the football. Mm-hmm. Right? Do we, what's the – never mind. We, that's, we have all next week to look ahead to Ohio State and Notre Dame. Uh, all right, bud, what else do you got? All right, uh, so that one is done. All right, this is the last one. Um, make sure it's still there. I want to give out good numbers for folks. Give me Louisville under 31. I kind of like the pressure that Georgia Tech, which I don't think has a good defensive line, was able to get on Louisville. And uh, I I kind of a little bit believe in Indiana's defense here. So go, go ahead and give me the cards to not go over 31 in this. Uh, they, they were a little feisty against Ohio State. Um, all right. Are there any other like big games that we haven't talked about yet? Yeah. No, there were only mid games this week. Remember? Oh, yeah. It's only mid games this week. Um See, I think we're good. Texas, Wyoming. I was tempted to lay the points. Everybody's talking about a letdown, but I think the fact they beat Texas Tech kind of wakes them up. But I'm not touching it. Yeah, no thanks trust on that one. Texas more. Rutgers minus seven. That line's too little, but I'm not going to lock it up. I'm just kidding. Under 38. <laughs> I kind of just want to take the under in that game. I probably I, I will. Just, I'm not locking it up, but I'll probably bet the under in that game. Just, just as a as a heads up to everybody that that's the the real the real glory of uh, mid game breakdown is is actually happening in uh, in Piscataway in S H I you fill it in Stadium. Come on, man! You can't let S H I come buy the naming rights to Rutgers football. Jeez. Uh, all right, let's review. What we got so far here for the week three locks. Bud is on. Georgia minus 27 and a half. Virginia, Maryland under 48. Memphis minus 13 and a half. Army, UTSA under 45. Kansas State team total under 27 and a half. Alabama first half minus 20. Ohio State first half minus 16 and a half. Louisville team total under 31. I've got Kansas minus 28, Kansas State minus three and a half, Army plus nine and a half, Air Force minus nine and a half, South Carolina team total under 13 and a half, Colorado State, Colorado over 60 and a half, Arizona minus 18, Western Kentucky team total over 17 and a half. Danny is on Georgia minus 27 and a half, Virginia, Maryland under 48, Missouri plus three and a half, Penn State, Illinois under 48 and a half, LSU, Mississippi State under 54 and a half, Pitt plus three, Minnesota plus eight, Minnesota, UNC under 51. That's a DK two for one special. Ohio, the wagon plus three and a half. Tom is on Georgia minus 27 and a half, Kansas minus 28, Memphis minus 13 and a half. Mississippi State team total under 22 and a half. Florida team total under 26 and a half. Michigan team total under 46 and a half. Uh, Florida FIU minus uh, plus seven uh, against UConn. UMass Eastern Michigan under 51 and a half. Uh, UNITY on Georgia minus 27 and a half. Kansas has a lock agreement. Virginia Maryland under has a lock agreement. Memphis has a lock agreement. And the lone lock fight. It's Chip and Danny with Kansas State, Missouri. 
And so we turn our attention to the big old cash register and those money line sprinkles. Last week, Washington State cashes. Last week, Miami cashes. Uh, right now, let's say, Bud, why don't, you, uh, why don't you go ahead and get us started here uh, with Moneyline Sprinkles? I finally got out of the red last week, so that was that was quality. All right. Um, God, I don't love anything this week, but we do need to pick something. Right, Tom, did B- Danny, B- anybody else ready? BYU <laughs> plus 285. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Little revenge oh. game for last year. Um, I, I could see that one happening. Uh, let me also get Minnesota plus two fifty five, mm. and just in case they're not that good, Virginia Tech plus two thirty. Just in case Rutgers is not that good. Yeah, just in case because they've played Northwestern and Temple. Powerhouses. Powerhouses. I like that play. All right, Danny. Uh, all right. I might get my internet connection could go out or I could just get cut off of this thing. But Gator Danny, <laughs> he's back, baby. I, t- I think the SEC has a problem. I've mentioned this quarterback problem. I'm not sold on Joe Milton yet. I actually think Graham Mertz has been an upside surprise so far. Um, give me the Gators playing at home, backs against the wall, counted out. Um, plus two Oh five. Yep. There's another one. I, now I feel bad about Jordan, but I feel kind of worse about this one. Barry Odom. He's got some boys out there. I thought they played. I I can't do it. I, the look on your faces. I can't, I can't even do it. I can't, I'm not going to go there, but Doug Brumfeld six, six was running around. He's big physical quarterback. I'm not, I can't, your reaction said it all. I can't, I can't do it. Do it. I'll, if you want it, it, I'll I'll take the like plus one seventy is best to see on the board. I'll, I'll give or you one seventy five. Just take it with the me. points and put it on the sheet as a lock, and just take the points, not the win outright. No, we're done with locks. You're taking UNLV straight up. You're <laughs> yeah. not taking them at all. God, UNLV man. money line sprinkle. I don't want it to win though. I don't want it to win. This is a very important game. I mean, lock. For the locks, the wind total. I mean, you've already put it out there. You might as well just take it. Yeah, he he knows what you think now. I mean, like, what, what are <laughs> yeah, you locking he in? Feels, he like, feels the knife in his he back. Doesn't listen though. I just think this is a dicey spot for him traveling west. No, this is a perfect spot for Barton Man. to listen to this podcast on an airplane <laughs> and hear what you just said. <laughs> yeah, they got a three-hour flight. <laughs> I'm putting it down. You're in. You're LV plus one seventy. Sorry. That's um, it for me. I, Say it with I love Bud's Minnesota one too, but I'm not going to jump on it. Okay, uh, Tom. Uh, I've got five this week. Wow. I'll start off somebody with, has something. Danny thinks that I don't understand what a wagon is. Come on, Danny. You know, I don't need no damn points with Ohio. Give me Ohio plus 140. <laughs> I will also be taking James Madison plus 130. Give me Purdue, a home dog plus 120 against Syracuse. Give me New Mexico State plus 107. And give me Arizona State plus 130. 
Um, I am also on James Madison right there. Um, and then my wouldn't it be uh, no, two, two wouldn't it be hilarious plays. Uh, the first one much more likely than the other. Uh, wouldn't it be hilarious? Number one, we are ready to sell Dana out before the Thunderdome game. Houston is playing at home against TCU on Fox. Houston, money line on the field. And then a little bit longer odds. Wouldn't it be? I know what this is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're sending off text messages. You're saying, all right, can I get the email address and password? Because in East Lansing, Michigan State takes down top 10 Washington. Wow. Let's, let's throw wow. it down. Get you six hundo. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's change the, uh, let's change. We can, you cash that and then you're just sitting for the rest of the season, right? It'll get you out of the hole. That's for sure. I, it, it is the, the game where on this whole slate and it's a five o'clock start too, you know? Just kind of flying below the radar, and then all of a sudden you get panicky. Let's go, Sparty! Again, just a just a just a money line sprinkle, a true sprinkle. But I think it this possibility. All right, is that no? Nope. Nobody wants Wyoming plus twenty two hundred. Oh, I got one more. I forgot about. Okay, go. Can I put it on there. Yeah, yeah. South Alabama against Oklahoma State playing three quarterbacks. Uh, Oklahoma State has been splitting reps between three quarterbacks plus 235. Get to 240. I heard Mike Dundee talking about that like it was a daggum line change. They're getting four series each. That's what they're doing. Four series, four series, four series. It's an offensive zone face-off. Okay, let's let Gunner get in there. Dude, I totally thought it was like a hockey game with three 20-minute periods. Yeah. Like, like Gundy, you guys realize... you. If you don't play Wrangle, you could lose the ball game. And then, like twenty minutes, he was fine. But mm. okay, so uh, our money line sprinkles. We've got Bud on BYU, Minnesota, Virginia Tech. I've got James Madison, Houston, and Michigan State. Danny's on Florida, UNLV, South Alabama, and then Tom's got Ohio, JMU, Purdue, New Mexico State, and Arizona State. And that is a week three locks. Woo! Boys will be back Saturday night, 11.30 p.m. Eastern time. Hang out for the instant reaction after Michigan State takes down Washington and the rest of the headlines from the week three Saturday. And you! Yeah. Wait, no. It's just me and Tom. We're about to have, we're, we're about yeah. to have fun with this thing on Saturday <laughs> night. because like, yeah. the, the, the Substitute teacher time, guys. <laughs> Come hang out. I might hop in there right after Let's whatever go. time I'm on. Campfire style? Yeah. I'm on the phone. Yeah. 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 Listen, nothing's going to be more legendary than New Year's Eve. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Follow him on Twitter at Bud Elliott 3. You can follow him at Tom Fernell. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 